It's the Discussionarian. Welcome back to the Discussionarium. In this episode, we're going to talk to Wendy Witch. And also we're going to talk to the lovely Harriet, who decided to ask Wendy Witch to officiate at her wedding. So that'll be interesting to just talk about how Harriet came to choose Wendy as her officiator, if that's such a word. And we'll talk to Wendy about witchiness. <laughs> Stop laughing, Alex. No, I think witchiness is perfect. So we need to say a big hello and welcome to Wendy Witch. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Merry Meet. You're very welcome. Lovely to have you with us. Hi, Alex. Hello. And we really do appreciate you uh, joining us. So I think we might as well just get straight into the uh, most important question that I see is why Wendy Witch and not Wendy the Witch? Uh, that is a good question. Um, well, my name's Wendy and I am a witch. Um, there is another Wendy the Witch and she's ah. actually a cartoon character. She's an American cartoon character. I think from the 50s or the 60s and she's quite interesting. But yeah, Wendy Witch rolls off the tongue easily yeah i think it's more alliterative isn't it alex did you want to ask the first main question well i suppose um the one that i'm really wondering is sort of when did you realize or decide or want to become a witch i think it's something that's always been with me um since i was born um but most of it actually has come from my father who has been interested in folklore and country customs, um, superstitions and witchcraft. Um, my mother, she was the Church of England. And um, so I was exposed to both the church, which I really loved. I loved going to church and singing in the choir. Um, and then my father sort of taught me all about the folklore of um, wildflowers and the, the world around us. And I resonated more, I think, with him than I did with, with my mum. And that kind of, it just struck a chord with me. Did that cause any conflict? No, my whole family have actually been really supportive. And um, I think my mother thought it was all a bit strange and a bit odd. But I think she just kind of let me get on with it and just puts up with me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I consider myself to be a pagan. Right. Um, that's my belief and that's my way of life. And moving on from that, I'm also a witch. So personally, I see being a witch as somebody who practices witchcraft. So as well as having my pagan beliefs, I also cast spells and call upon the universe to help me do that as well. So I would say that most witches are pagans, but not all pagans are witches. Right. Okay. But could you just explain, um, for those listeners out there, explain um, in your terms what a pagan is? So, so fundamentally, a pagan is a nature-based belief 
um, there are no rules as such. Uh, there's no rule book. Um, but it's all about um, looking at nature and taking from nature what you need. Um, it's also about um, worshipping. People have different deities. I have a personal affinity with the moon. Just embracing the universe and watching the seasons, uh, watching the wheel of the year. Um, so life is a circle. Um, we, we plant seeds and then we grow seeds and then we harvest the seeds, but then it all begins again. And it's all part of living within that universe and knowing that everything in the universe, all the trees, the the people, all the animals, we are all connected. So I like, I like all the sound of that. It's very natural, very earth-based, Mother Nature, back to your roots, all that kind of stuff. It's very, very old-fashioned, and um, the pagans were around before organised religion, so it's all about going back to the old ways and trying to revive the old, old-fashioned old methods, if you like, from years and years ago. Lovely, I like all that. And lots of people are pagans, I think, without because it's. I think they see it as a label, but I think people actually are living a pagan life but don't actually think that they are pagans. I think also some people need need a path to follow for me i've, I've never kind of really seen a, a kind of organized religion as, as my path but i've never really i must admit i've never really explored any other paths and and perhaps you know like you said some people are a bit a little bit of afraid of a label but actually mm. probably i'm probably more mm. pagan than i am anything else judging by mm. what you've been explaining yes it's quite interesting i was yeah. thinking the same thing <laughs> The other one is Wicca. So is, is that something that you follow or is it not something that's yours? I do take, it's, it's not really my bag, to be honest. I do take some elements from Wicca, um, particularly when I'm doing my spell work. Wicca is a, a fairly new religion. Um, yeah. And more, I feel more in tune with the old ways, Um with the old pagan ways rather than new religion having said that um wick is wick is very interesting and i have a lot of wiccan friends um and yeah and as a lot of the um a lot of the spell work and a lot of the rituals i do stem from wicca beliefs yeah so perhaps you could explain a little bit about spells and um how you cast them and importantly tell us do you have a wand so I do have a, a magic wand that I use. Oh, you do? For, in fact, I've got several that I use ceremonial pro- purposes and for just, you know, waving around. So I think everybody has cast a spell. Um, if ever blown out the candles on your birthday cake and made a wish, that is a magic spell. Um, and all the, other magic, all the other magic is very, very similar to that. It's all about your intention. So if you want, say, for example, you wanted um, a new love, you wanted to find love, um, you could carry a rose quartz around with you in your pocket that would make you more attractive to love. You could burn a red candle and make, and make a spell. Um, a lot of spells involve writing on pieces of paper. So I, I would perhaps write a love spell, perhaps for somebody else, say, to, say help Fred find love. So I would write on a piece of paper to help Fred find love. I would light a red candle and I would take the piece of paper, maybe some incense as well, and I would take the piece of paper and move it clockwise three times around the candle and then I'd put that piece of paper into a very safe place. 
Um, and that's your intent. That's what you're putting out to the universe and you're asking the universe to help Fred to find a new partner or to find love in his life. Um, and I would do that during when the moon is waxing as well, because I believe, as I said before, I have an affinity with the moon. So spells for growth and love what, during the phase when the moon is waxing. And then banishing spells I would do while the moon is waning. Okay. So if you wanted to banish somebody from your life, um, I mean, you can't get rid of people completely. Um, but you could stop them bothering you. So a really simple one would just be to write their name on a piece of paper and pop it in the freezer and literally freeze that person out of your life. And that uh, is the simple spells often work the best. Um, but it's that intention and the candles and the incense and the paper are all tools for you to focus your intent upon before you throw it out into the universe. I mean, you could do it any time. If you do it during the full full moon, be careful. Be, be careful what you wish for because the full moon is very powerful. Never, ever cast a spell with malice. Always do it when you yourself are in a good place and think good thoughts for yourself. So to, to some extent with these kind of spells and, and wishes and those kind of things, there's, a, there's almost a, a sense that you're kind of almost imbuing someone with that sort of mental strength to... Um, to fight their demons or to or to improve their self um, perception, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like, because some of I, I guess some of this thing about these people that they want to almost rid themselves of. Sometimes that's possibly they're hanging around because they're sensing their that other person's lack of self worth and maybe preying on that. But as they start to then radiate more confidence, that exactly. perhaps it pushes those people away. And, and that then builds more confidence that if they can do that, they can do the next step. Yeah, exactly. So if, if let's say somebody comes to you and um, says, you know, like, I want, I want to be more confident, you can do the spell, you can do the, um, the ritual, that kind of thing. But is there a sense that you do, you, you kind of have to read a person and, and gauge a person, judge a person as to whether just doing a spell is going to work or whether they actually need something more. Yeah, and that comes from experience as well. I think that comes from age and wisdom as well. Um, and it's like whenever you meet a person for the first time, you make your mind up about what sort of person they are. But um, the more you, you get chatting, you get the, their full personality coming through. Um, especially, I, I offer lots of tea and cake when people come to visit me on the boat because it makes people more relaxed. Um, and then you can really gauge what people really do need. But they need to go and seek medical advice. I would, I would ask them to do that. Or if it's just a case of them just casting a simple spell for themselves, just, just for, for children, example, just carrying a moonstone around with them whenever they feel anxious or if they're having nightmares. It's just, well, if you can tell them that this moonstone is actually good and it will help them to overcome their nightmares they can whenever they're feeling anxious they can hold the moonstone and instantly feel safe because that's what you've told them and that's what they believe it's interesting you say that actually because uh, my son often before he goes to bed he's in tears because he's afraid that the house will burn down 
So maybe a moonstone would help him. Yeah, he could pop it under his pillow when he goes to sleep. Or you could use anything. You could use a piece of cord and um, you could ask him to make a wish and then you could tie a knot into the piece of cord and you can tie your wish into that cord and keep it with you safe all the time. But yeah, something like a child not being able to sleep properly, just placing something special under their pillow that you, and you can tell them that will keep them safe, then yeah, that's, that's going to help. That's a nice idea. Because he likes all those sorts of things. He has a dream catcher. I have to make sure every single night before he goes to bed, I have to make sure I've told him it's been cleaned and I shake it out the window to get rid of any bad dreams yeah. that might have been fortunate. Then he's happy. Then he can go off to sleep again. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Every night he asks whether or not I've emptied his dream catcher. Every night. Do you have a grimoire? I have. What's a grimoire? A grimoire is uh, a book of shadows is the other word for it. And um, it's like a witch's diary, if you like. And okay. I've got lots of them. I put lots of spells in there. I also put all my ceremonies in there, all my hand fasting, baby naming ceremonies and that sort of thing in there. It's like a witch's diary. You're familiar. Have you got a familiar? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a dog, um, Henry. He's actually asleep at the moment, bless him. Um, most people say, well, you should have a cat. So I say, well, yeah, he was a cat, but I turned him into a dog. <laughs> uh, he, <laughs> he's, I've got to say, he's not the best familiar I've ever had. I did, uh, my most precious familiar was, it was a ferret, um, which were used quite commonly years ago by witches. And uh, my little ferret came with me everywhere. Um, I felt like when he was happy, I was happy. Uh, when I was sad, he was sad. When I was sleepy, he was sleepy. Henry is um, a bit over-exuberant for me at times. <laughs> a bit of a handful. Um, he's, I, I'd say he's more, more of a pet than a familiar, but he does love me. And, you know, wherever I go, he goes, yeah. He's a Staffordshire Bull Terrier crossed with a boxer, so he's definitely got a staffy brain. He is actually very protective over me. If I've got him on a lead, you'd have a, you'd have a hard job getting next to me. Um, so he's very protective. So in that respect, he's a really good familiar, yeah. I was going to say, he must be a good protector because uh, of what he is, but it does say an, an animal-shaped spirit that serves as a witch's spy, assistant, companion and protector. So at least he does the, uh, the latter two. Um, but uh, yes, doesn't do much paperwork, I guess. <laughs> one of the questions, actually, since we've been talking about my son, one of the things he would like to know is um, do you make potions? I do make potions. Now, we have to be very careful with potions, especially when putting them on our body and ingesting them because lots of people have different allergies. Mm. Um, so, I start with a base of spring water. So you could either go to your, your stream or your river and collect your spring water, or you could use rainwater as well. And rainwater has lots of different properties depending on whether it's come from a storm or whether it's, or whether it's come from snow, for example. Um, and then you can add herbs and spices to the water and also crystals as well. So going back to love, if you want a love potion, perhaps put a rose quartz in it. You could dye it red with some red berries if you like. Um, but again, and, it, and, it's, and it's still, it's all about the intent. Now, mm -hmm. I wouldn't suggest that you would ingest that or place it on your skin just in case, but you could spring around your space or you could sprinkle it on um, 
and a candle and I also use oils on candles as well and I also make um during my ceremonies we have um I make rose oil or lavender oil patchouli oil whatever you like really and that's to anoint the the couple on the forehead during the ceremony as well so I do that but I I don't feel um competent enough to make um for people to actually ingest as you say or put on their skin but making potions and sprinkling it around is great one thing I, I think from what you're saying there is that, um, you know, with your potions and things, um, I'm quite glad that you don't expect people to drink them, given that you're living on a canal boat. So that's probably just a, as well. <laughs> What's the most odd ingredient you have put into a potion? I have used bat wings and I have used eye of newt, which are actually uh, holly leaves and mistletoe berries. Oh. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no animals were harmed during the making of this potion. <laughs> How long have you been doing this, if you would, professionally then? Um, or do you not see it as a profession as such? Um, well, I started um, my actual ceremonies. I actually started doing a few years ago. Um, I was hand fasted myself, which is a pagan wedding. That was 20 years ago um, because that went along with my beliefs. Um, since then, I decided that I'd quite like to do ceremonies. So I began doing that and I did it all for free to begin with. I was raising money for the Huntington's Disease Association. So I used to turn up and do these ceremonies for people with all the paraphernalia and I'd take my collection tin with me so it's a Wendy which actually became a registered business a few years ago um, and that's when I still do collect money for charity but now I have the Wendy Witch business to to pay my bills as well. Fantastic so what ceremonies do you do? So I do hand fasting ceremonies they're the weddings they're really okay. very very popular a lot of people come to the hand fasting as guests and really don't know what to expect. I think some people think they're going to have to run around a circle naked and yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but um, usually at the at the end of the ceremony, we have so many people coming up to us at the end of the ceremony to say, "I didn't know what to expect, but that was really lovely." And yes, that really did resonate with me. Um, and I've had we've had people that have been hand fasted after attending a hand fasting because they, yeah, they resonated and they and they felt that it was the from what they wanted to do as well. We're going to speak to a, a lady called Harriet um, next. Apparently, you uh, uh, oversaw her wedding. You officiated at her wedding to Geraldine. Yeah, they're hand fasting, and it was wonderful. It was a really, really lovely day. And and say hello to Harriet when you talk to her for me. We will do. I also do uh, baby naming ceremonies. When I say babies, they're not always babies, and also memorial services as well. And what what sort of does a baby naming ceremony consist of? When you say it doesn't involve necessarily the baby, so you've got a big adult standing there going. Call me something. It is mostly babies because a lots of people want to have a christening or they want yes. to welcome their child in the world, but they don't want to go along the more traditional route. So we go along the peg, we go along an, an old pagan tradition of naming the babies. But a couple of years ago, we did have a builder who had never been christened and found paganism. And he wanted to be christened, if you like, or named. And um, he's a big chap. 
covered in tattoos and all his mates came along as well and they, we all thought they were going to take the mick but no they took it all took it on board and took it really seriously so so yes it is mostly babies and young children but anybody can be named so you decide to become a witch you decide to follow a certain path and but is there a kind of chartered institute of witches or something like that the the pagan federation are very good um and they have federations all over the world so they're a good starting point um for for witches and witchcraft not so much um there are lots of covens and groups um especially now as we have social media um opening up all over the place so there's always people you can go to because it's such a huge subject and because we don't all follow the same path um there isn't the um, the uh, there is a there isn't sort of an umbrella group that can envelop all of that into one place so uh, are you a are you a member of a coven or are you more solo no i'm a, i'm a solid i'm very comfortable in my own company um and then i feel like i've perhaps only got myself to blame <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I've only got myself, if you know, for, to, to face consequences, you know. So yeah, but um, I mean, I think that comes naturally anyway. I think naturally, I am quite a solitary person anyway. I've got lots and lots of friends and family, but I do tend to like my own company. If ever you walk along the towpath along the Grand Union Canal, you'll probably see lots of my ribbons, lots of different colours, and they're all wishes for. Most of them are wishes for other people. We were out running near Cosgrove, and, and um, I think Alex decided that I was unable to read boat names, so she was reading out every boat name as we passed. And, yeah. and one of the names that, were, that stuck was Merley B. We probably picked up the fact that there were ribbons there, but we, we didn't know it was your boat until you said we, we communicated with you. The term pagan to me, um, bizarrely, was often quite a negative one. But actually, having spoke actually having spoken to you now, it's um, it's very exciting. I think actually, it's very exciting and very down to earth. And yeah, just I, I, I don't even know how what, what I'm trying to trying to say. But yeah, it's, it's very very interesting. I'm thinking we need to take a, a run down that towpath again, Steve. Yeah, yeah. well, certainly for but cake I, um, and tea, I'd do that. Oh no, absolutely! I was thinking about cake. <laughs> <laughs> we are i'm always open for cake and tea and we have reclining chairs that are socially distanced as well so you can make yourself comfortable excellent <laughs> i'm sure there must be some skeptics that you you face sometimes so what what's your biggest put down to a, a, a skeptic or someone who gives you a bit of a hard time to be honest, it, it happens very rarely that people make derogatory comments about it. And people are more likely to just laugh and walk away um, and just dismiss it totally, which is perfectly fine in my book because I quite like laughter. So that's all good. Thank you so much um, for joining us. And um, did you want to just give your website or Facebook or Instagram? So you can find me on Facebook at Wendy Witch um, and else are on there. And it, the Wendy Witch site is very lighthearted and fun. You'll find lots of uh, spells that are accessible to everybody on there, as well as lots of folklore um, about our native plants as well, which lots of people find interesting. Uh, my website is www.wendywitch.uk. 
where you will find information on hand fasting and other ceremonies, as well as how to contact me to come for a tarot reading, tea and cake included. Thank you so much for spending some time in the discussion area with us. Really appreciate your time and your contribution. Um, I think there's so much more we probably could have talked about, and maybe we might have to get you back another time. That would be really interesting to do that, I think. So thank you again. Wendy, it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. It really has. I had no idea what to expect, but I've been, I don't know, just really enlightened. It's been absolutely lovely. It really has. I've learned an awful lot. Yeah, me That's too. good. Well, thank you both for having me. And I have learnt how to Zoom without a broomstick. <laughs> so now we're going to say hello to Harriet, whose wedding or hand fasting was officiated by Wendy Witch. Hello, Harriet. How are you doing? Welcome. Hi. Good, good thank you. Lovely to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much. And so what we're interested in is that you had a hand fasting, so essentially a pagan Mm -hmm. wedding. But if I understand it correctly, you don't consider yourself a fully paid up pagan. What led you to choose a pagan ceremony? Um, A number of factors all mushed together, really. I think the, um, the main one is that I don't consider myself to be traditionally religious but I do believe there's something a higher power or something more spiritual um so I felt like a registry office wedding even though we did have one so that we're legally married in the eyes of the law was a bit soulless Mm. um and then I haven't ever had a very good relationship with the Christian faith which is um how I was brought up at school not at home but at school and so Paganism to me is the closest to what I believe. So I believe I believe that we should all be more connected to the earth and the beings around us and that we're part of something bigger rather than humans on a planet. And I feel like paganism really does reflect that. That makes complete sense. That's lovely. I really like it. And I love the way you expressed the way um, the registry office one felt soulless because paganism is completely the opposite. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm not very good at public speaking or being the centre of attention, I feel embarrassed and I always say stupid things. So I did worry if any sort of ceremony would make me feel uncomfortable, but because of the way Wendy explained it to everybody and just how natural she is with it, it just felt like it fitted with us. So you can be silly if you want to and you can be serious and anything goes, really. So we should explain that your partner is Geraldine. So yes. did that did that in itself cause some issues in in terms of um, how you felt you might have been received by traditional religions or faiths? Yeah, so I think I think nowadays the feeling is more open, and that Christianity does, on the whole, Church of England, etc., embrace same sex marriages in in a way, and, and same sex couples, and it's and it's spoken about now. But there's always that underlying criticism in a way, and when I was growing up. Um, my I used to go to a church group with my friend because my best friend's mum ran it so I used to go for the sort of tuck shop and games and, and we did talk about religion and I found it interesting but I never bought into it really um, and quite a lot of comments from the adults in the group as I was a, sort of an adolescent wandering about my sexuality were really sort of really cut deep to me and from a, from quite a young age I felt excluded from that 
in a way and and judged even though I hadn't yet said anything about my own sexuality there it wasn't ever directed at me but it was just a feeling of of not being accepting whereas paganism is open to anyone and everyone and there's I didn't ever feel any judgment and I've known Wendy for quite a long time and she's really open and friendly and I just it just seemed right and Geraldine as well she's not um religious and she's not quite as hippie nature well she does love nature but she's not quite as airy fairy if you want to say it as as I (laughs) but she felt really comfortable with Wendy doing that as well and it was more sort of a love binding thing rather than any sort of religion binding so I didn't feel tied to paganism I felt like paganism gave us that um passageway I don't know if that's the right word but it sort of enabled us to declare our love in a non-judgmental and really earthy natural way but the gateway to the new beginning type thing yeah yeah and I and I love all of the ideals of paganism I just I just don't practice it but I do you know read about it a lot and follow the seasons and think about the earth and the changes and that's what it is really it's it is an old way of acknowledging the way the earth moves. Mm. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think in, in certainly when we were talking to Wendy, um, I think uh, Alex started to buy into quite a lot of it, didn't you? And um, have you signed up for your witch course yet? No, but I have got some rose water ready to uh, boil yeah. on the stove. Even if you don't believe in everything that is spoken about in paganism, the reasons behind everything that is done and that is spoken about is so deep rooted in in a, just a beautiful history and sometimes a little bit of a crazy history but I love that it just everything means something so everything even the little things just seem so significant and I like I love when something happens for a reason and all those sort of threads woven together it's when you read about it it's really beautiful it's, it's that big kind of term like you know we're all connected yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I, have, I I like all that because it is just it, it is just a whole cycle, isn't it? Everything Absolutely. you know, life is a whole cycle. Yeah, circle of yeah. life. <laughs> a bit cliche, but it's true though. Yeah, it might be cliche, but it's very true. My grandparents were a little skeptical to start with. At one point, they weren't even going to come, but um, my sister and my mum spoke to them and said, you know, it would re- it would really mean a lot to Harriet and Geraldine if you did come, and and initially. It was because it was a same-sex marriage. They weren't keen on coming. And then when we added the hand-fasting element to it, I think they just, my granddad was just like, oh, I can't deal with this, and just sort of shut down. He's a lovely, lovely person, but he's very traditional, and that's his belief, and that's fair enough. And, you know, you can't expect everyone to jump up and down with joy at everything you do. And But um, they did end up coming, and they joined in with the ceremony, and they spoke in, with a talking, talking stick. and. Um, at the end when you jump over the broomstick they held hands and they jumped over the broomstick and it just was absolutely amazing that they'd realized that the ceremony wasn't scary or witchcrafty it was just a natural sort of bit weird but then I'm a bit quirky and they've always known that so and for them to for them to accept it I just thought wow it's it really does speak to everybody and include everyone can you tell us a little bit about the ceremony then? Because obviously we've just heard you talking about a talking stick and we don't know anything about that. Ah. Jumping over a broomstick and, you know, to me, you, you sweep with it or you fly with it. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. could you just explain um, a little bit about the ceremony and sort of the way it runs? 
Um, so you can, every single hand fasting, um, there's, there are no set rules. So there are guidelines and, and ideals of how it has been conducted in the past, but you can miss out bits or embrace bits that you want. So basically you can pick and choose from this menu of beautiful symbolic gestures. We decided to get married at um, a deconsecrated church, which is a little bit strange as well, I guess. Um, so with a hand fasting ceremony, it's best to happen outdoors. Mm-hmm. And um, where my my grandparents live in Carlton, and there's a tiny church on top of a hill called Chellington Church. And when I was a kid, we used to walk up there with the dogs and it was tumbled down and, you know, in, in state of ruin. And then a charity took it over and turned it into a youth hostel. So you've got the beautiful old church building with an extension and you can hire it out. They hire it out, I think, two or three times a year to get a little bit of extra revenue for their charity for weddings. And I thought, oh, that would be amazing because we could have the ceremony outside in the in the in the churchyard <laughs> in the grounds and um and then the celebration inside um so it would still in some ways look like a just traditional wedding but also have that sort of quirky aspect to it mm-hmm. and so um we got into contact with wendy and she came round for a cuppa and we just chatted through she had um i can't remember what she called it her, her book oh the grimoire or the book of shadows the book of shadows yeah and she had um um, the words that she normally would say, but that we could edit, and she read through them. And it, it was written for a man and a woman, she said, but you can change any of the words in it. And so she wrote one out for us, and then you can add in your own little bits as well. And all of the language is beautiful and quite magical. So we went through that with her, and and then she guided us through sort of what does happen or could happen in a hand fasting. And so she would create the circle. Everybody stands in a circle holding hands, and then she salutes the north, south, east, and west and with her wand and, and then creates this circle of energy. And then we enter the circle and stand in the middle and tells everybody what it's about. And we said that my grandparents and a couple of people might be a bit wary and a bit confused. So she was really lovely and, and just said, you know, if you get the giggles because it's a weird thing, that's absolutely fine. Um, if it makes you feel emotional that's absolutely fine as well and if you feel nothing then you know don't worry about it as long as you're here supporting these girls that's what matters and so she put everyone at ease and um and then she says some words in the ceremony and then um it's called a hand fasting because they bind your hands together okay. and she even asked us what color ribbons we wanted so your hands are bound with yeah. ribbon okay. yes and um and we had rainbow ribbons because, you know, <laughs> bit, of, bit of pride in there. Well, you um, know, we all love rainbows anyway, regardless of, yeah. regardless of pride. It's, we all love yeah. rainbows. That was cool. And then at the end of the ceremony, I think at the beginning, she swept around the circle to cleanse the circle with a broomstick. And again, that had rainbow ribbons around it. And then at the end of the ceremony, she lays, lays it down, unties our hands. I think they were untied as we jumped the broomstick and then... The people who have just been had the hand fasting jump the broomstick first. And I think it's like stepping into your new life. Okay. Together. And then um, she said, and anybody else that wants to jump broomstick, you know, grab hold of whoever you want, your partner or a friend, and just jump over 
as part of the celebration and and nearly everybody did it I couldn't believe it and even my grandparents got a wonderful picture of them holding hands with a funny little grin on their faces jumping over oh lovely it was amazing I forgot to say about the talking stick so that happened before um my dad whittled a stick for us and we got called it the talking stick and Wendy held it and said, I'd just like to say and said a few nice words about the ceremony, about us and wishing us um, happiness in our future, etc. And then she hands the stick around and everybody holds the stick. Whoever's holding the stick can say something if they want to or they just pass it on if they don't want to. So people said something nice after the ceremony. And that was lovely as well, you know, getting best wishes from everybody in the circle. My brother and his partner, um, they had a Quaker ceremony. Ah, yes. And and that's the same sort of thing that, you know, you have a, a, a moment in the ceremony where anybody can sort of stand up and say something. And if you'd yeah. said to me before I went to his ceremony that I would have been standing up saying anything, I would have laughed in their face. To yeah. be honest. And then the next thing I know, uh, after about three other people had spoken, I was up and yeah. saying something. And I just, I, I just kind of got taken by the moment. Yeah, what for did you? <laughs> No, no waffling. I think I was quite precise. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> you have time to think about it. I think because Wendy was so positive and inclusive to everybody, she didn't care if people thought she was crazy and she didn't care if people really didn't believe in it. She just knew that the most important thing was that everybody that was there, we wanted to be there. So she made that clear and there was no pressure on anyone to feel anything or to take part at all. And because it was so relaxed... I think that drew people in and they, because they were uninhibited, they didn't, they did feel things and they did want to contribute and they didn't feel judged either way. And, and I think that's why so many people talked and probably the same with you at the Quaker ceremony, you know, you're, you're in it, aren't you? At yeah, the time. That's it. But like as you being... say, in the moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't ever want to get married. Um, I was just happy to be with G and just, just just for us to have said to each other that, you know, we're going to stick together and that's that's how we feel. Um, because I'd always thought of it of marriage as something to rebel against in a way because it was so institutionalised and what you should do. And I just never felt a connection with a need to be married at all. But because... And then... We went to Brighton for, for Pride weekend. I'd never been, I used to live in Brighton, but I'd never been to Pride. And we both went and Germany proposed at Pride. And it was wonderful and lovely. And I said, yes, obviously. And then I started panicking about how we were going to get married and what ceremony would we find that we would feel that would sort of fit us or that we would feel comfortable with and wasn't sort of false or... But and then you know when they sort of you know made our made it possible. So did, did you know, know Wendy before as a that friend? Was my question, Alex. <laughs> so did you know Wendy before you um, got married as a friend? Yes, not really, really well. But um, because we both live on boats and we both um, we all can continuously cruise, so we move every two weeks. Um, we bump into each other every few months and say hi and have a chat. And I always really liked her. She's just a very open and friendly person. And just she's just got sort of a vibe about her that you feel like you're old, you're old friends and you could talk to her about anything, even even if 
you'd never met her before. She's very, I don't know how to explain it. She's just a really cool person, basically. That that kind of came across in our in our chat over Zoom, and and I think you know, and and also the other thing I I felt with her was that she's not that serious. She'll no. have a laugh, but she believes very very strongly. But she doesn't mind if people are a bit, you know, um, laugh at her or make jokes. Like you say, laughing at her. The one thing I loved is that she sort of said, "Actually, I don't mind when people laugh at me because I love laughter." Yeah, and it was just yeah. a really lovely way of explaining how it sort of softens the mental blow of I don't believe in that, but you know what? Feel free to laugh because I like that yeah. too. That's such a wonderful way to be because if you're someone who either has a belief that's different to the to the main, or you have a different lifestyle, so like myself, if I'm gay and in a gay relationship with Geraldine, you feel some. You can sometimes, not very often, but you can can sometimes feel on on the fringe of society um or judged or you know people can make comments at you and actually if you can own that and say it doesn't matter because I know myself as when you get to that point you've cracked it Mm. as long as you know that what you believe and how you feel is genuine and and your own feelings and and everybody else's reaction is their reaction and nothing to do with yourself actually so I guess Maybe I've got an affinity with Wendy because my lifestyle is different to the to the mainstream, I guess, and and so is hers. And she probably has felt prejudice and judgment herself. When you connect with someone who has been through that, it's a, it is a deeper connection. And for her to say, she said it to us as well. You know, people might laugh at the ceremony, and initially I thought, oh, they're not going to take it seriously. But it doesn't matter as long as you believe what you're doing is right at that moment in time then you can't ask for anything more and I really appreciated her saying that and I thought you're you're just such a wise person like <laughs> she's really yeah. wise yeah but and not weighed down by that wisdom she's like well, she's really light isn't she she's- I bet her ceremonies though but they make everybody think about themselves in some ways at some point and you know somewhere along their life they've been this that and the other I bet yeah. any any ceremony like that would probably make most people step back and think twice about a few things yeah but she does it in such a positive way you don't even feel like you're being told do you not yeah it's just brilliant it's a really interesting sort of concept that people go with a potentially a little bit of a closed mind or some doubt or skepticism but can actually come away from it almost enlightened without realizing it absolutely and absolutely everybody there i think took something away from it took something positive away from it, whether it was the surprise that they enjoyed themselves or surprise whether they thought, oh, maybe I could, maybe that spoke to me. I, I, I resonate with that. Or I know that other people took away a newfound sense of intrigue about paganism because Wendy also obviously came to our um, meal afterwards and drinks, etc. And um, so many people came up to her and were asking her questions and they were so interested and like, you know, sort of alive a buzzing going oh so when did you what do you believe about this and and just I don't know opened up so many questions in people and I didn't even think about that as a as a positive from the day but it was yeah people were just they just thought it was cool as well (laughs) yeah I just wanted to add to what we said before about um people coming with an air of trepidation and perhaps being a bit judgmental beforehand I think that was definitely the minority because 
because of the nature of our wedding and who we are as people, we, we have sort of made sure that the people who surround us are positive and supportive and wouldn't be phased necessarily by us doing something wacky or in their mind a bit unusual because we only want people who I guess support us and, and love us for who we are around us especially such a sensitive time as a wedding um so I don't I think most people who came were sort of oh Harriet's you know chosen to have hand fasting that's a bit weird but you know she is as well sort of probably that feeling in a, in a, in a sort of a nice way rather than in a judgmental way I know that my grandparents did struggle with it initially but they were amazing well you had them jumping grooms what can we say yeah they're absolutely amazing I couldn't believe it I think and he, they even said something at the table afterwards which made me cry because I just thought wow you've totally totally got everything about today and they were just fantastic they said they called um they said something along the lines of um we had two beautiful granddaughters before so myself and my sister and now we've gained a third Geraldine and just for them to have said that afterwards was just unbelievable yeah quite affirming I would have thought yes yeah it was lovely that comment from your grandparents is a really nice place to end I think because it probably sums it all up and is probably one of the most standout moments for you I guess from your ceremony I think it was it was just everything was just lovely but that really did make everything seem sort of worthwhile and uh, although you keep telling yourself you don't need everyone's approval and you don't need everyone to accept everything you do it is it is pretty important I think you'd have to be really strong to not want your grandparents to approve and, and to accept you and your partner and especially a sort of a non-traditional ceremony such as a hand fasting even though it's so beautiful and it's not scary at all and we were so privileged to be able to have Wendy to perform it for us they it, their comment really just completed the day like yeah it was beautiful that's great and I think really uh probably that completes it for the podcast. I think that's a really lovely place to end. Thank you so much for joining us, Harriet. I really do appreciate it. And thanks for spending some time with us in the discussionarium. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been great to have you on. I think um, there'll be some people out there who might be looking into hand fasting and paganism and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a different way of life and people sometimes just need to have their minds open. So thank okay. you ever so much. That's okay. Go for it. It's really interesting. I, I think actually what actually talking about this, probably what we should be looking at is at least a percentage um, commission for every hand fasting that Wendy Witch gets from this. Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Advertise your podcast. I yeah. can't believe you haven't already. Opportunity <laughs> missed there, I guess, but never mind. Yeah, well, anyway, but well, thank well. you so much, Harriet. Really appreciate your time um, and have a lovely day and have a lovely rest of your life. Thank you. You guys too. Well, Steve, I don't know about you, but I have learned an awful lot about pagans, hand fasting, Wicca, which I never knew existed, Book of Shadows. What was the name of that again, the Book of the Shadows? Grimoire. The Grimoire, that's right. You know, talking sticks, witchcraft, goodness me, there's so much I didn't know. No, I think 
for me, like you say, it was fascinating, but it was just really nice to talk to two lovely people, irrespective of what the subject matter was. They were just two lovely people to talk to. Um, And in truth, actually, they gave me a real headache, Um, not because of listening to them. It was they talked so much interesting stuff. And I had over two hours of material and I've had to cut it down to it's probably coming in at just under 50 minutes. We might even have a second episode we can cut out of that as well. Um, but oh, yeah. that'd be fantastic. Yes, we can go and stew our own potions and make our own spells and come back with some results. Yeah. Actually, saying that, how did your rose water go? Because you were making that when uh, we were recording with Harriet. You know, it was lovely. It smelled really, really nice, but it looked revolting because the petals that I used, unfortunately, had been burnt by the sun. So it ended up being sort of like this murky brown rose water. But it smelled pretty nice. <laughs> did you put it in gin? Because you are a bit of a gin monster. <laughs> no, I didn't. Should have done, though. Should have done. You should have done. Anyway, I mean, that could have been on a par with some of the potions that uh, Wendy Witch makes out of the canal water, I guess. But um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, I hope that anybody listening has uh, been as interested as we were um, and maybe just be a bit more open to all of the stuff that we've been talking about. Absolutely. Go and get yourself a ribbon, make a wish, stick it on a tree, and uh, who knows what will come of that wish. And just generally be nice to people. Always good. Always good. Time to wrap up then, Alex. Yep. I'll say bye then. Ciao for now. The Discussion Arium is a Collie in the Corner production. Presented by Steve Cullis and Alex Baggs. Edited and produced by Steve Cullis. The theme tune and incidental music were both composed using an application called BandLab, which is available in the Play Store. Also probably available on the Apple Store too.